You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Pirates baseball today, Tuesday, March 22nd, with Adam Barry, MLB.com Pirates reporter. Adam, thank you so much for the time. And Adam, it appears we've got some uh, unexpected competition within this starting rotation. All of a sudden, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, because Juan Nicasio has kind of come out of nowhere, and he's had an incredible spring. Uh, I were, I was not aware of these numbers until just recently, but what numbers they are. 15 scoreless innings thus far in the spring, 24 Ks. He's been amazing. So could he find himself in this rotation? And if so, Adam, what kind of a domino effect could that have uh, throughout the rest of this Pirates pitch, uh, pitching staff? Yeah, you know, it, it seemed like they were always interested in Nicasio as a depth starter. That was you know, the, the terminology general manager Neil Huntington and manager Clint Hurdle kind of put on Nicasio at first because from the moment they signed him this offseason to a one-year, three-million deal, uh, they said they're going to stretch him out in spring training, you know, more likely to end up in the bullpen as kind of a long man, uh, swing man type thing, could make a spot start if necessary. And, you know, that seemed to be the way things were heading uh, into spring training when they had a rotation of, Eric Cole, Francisco Liriano, John Neese, Jeff Locke, and Ryan Vogelsong. Then all of a sudden Juan Nicasio gets here, and he's pitching like Nolan Ryan in spring training. So you do kind of have to allow for the possibility that uh, he could be in the rotation. And general manager Neil Huntington did that on Monday, really for the first time, came out and said he is in competition for one of the last two spots in the rotation. Um, He's up against Ryan Vogelsong and Jeff Locke. Uh, Vogelsong has a little more experience out of the bullpen, although he has been pretty open about the fact that he didn't like it. Uh, Jeff Locke has pretty much no experience in the bullpen. So I I think it's still more likely that Nicasio begins the year in the bullpen, potentially, you know, a a spot starter whenever they first need one. And maybe he has a chance to get in the rotation uh, in a greater role if somebody pitches their way out of it. Um, but at the very least, it is now a real competition going on for those last two spots in the rotation. Now, of course, Adam, in years past, uh, we've seen spring training all-stars, if you will, and then the regular <laughs> season begins, and then those numbers uh, taper off quite a bit. Not saying that that's going to happen to Juan Nicasio, but there is a precedent here. But in seeing what you've seen from Juan Nicasio, what makes you believe that the success he's having now is going to translate to the regular season? Yeah, I mean, the, the fastball velocity is real. You know, it's mid-90s. It, uh, it's well-located so far. And then the slider has just been an absolutely nasty wipeout, strikeout pitch. Um, and if he can sort of carry that reliever mentality, uh, which he's talked about, you know, just get through batter to batter, make sure you have your sharp stuff in every inning. If he can carry that through five or six innings, which, uh, you know, his last couple starts have been four and five innings, and I, I think there's reason to believe that he, you know, he's not going to be this guy for 30 starts. But yeah, there's reason to believe that he can be better. Whether or not, you know, with, uh, you know, when hitters aren't working on things or when there's a little more scouting information out there, um, you know, whether or not that stuff would affect his success, it's hard to say. But it, it looks like a good pitcher, which is what the Pirates knew they were getting. You know, he was in Colorado as a starter before, and. Nobody's numbers look good as a starter in Colorado, and the Pirates, you know, saw some things even further down below the surface that led them to believe uh, there was even more potential there. So, I think between trusting what the front office saw, um, what pitching coach Ray Searage does with reclamation type projects, and just the raw stuff that Nicasio has, there's reason to believe that yeah, he 
he could carry this over into the regular season. Yeah, after seeing what uh, Ray Searidge did with Jay Happ last year and now the work he's doing with Juan Nicasio, I mean, sign that guy to a lifetime contract. He's been a miracle worker for the Pirates in his tenure there. Um, to kind of wrap up the Nicasio discussion, Adam, is there a temptation – especially after seeing what the Royals did, not just last year, but the last two years, uh, having so much success with a dominant bullpen. Is there any temptation by Clint Hurdle or Neil Huntington to say, you know what, let's keep the rotation right where it is, put Nicasio in the pen. He's a perfect bridge to Mark Belanson, and we've got a wipeout 8-9 combination to close out games. Has there been any discussion of that? Well, I mean, that was kind of the the mentality heading into to camp, I thought, was, you know, they have – Mark Melanson and Tony Watson at the back end of the bullpen. They have Jared Hughes as a guy who can put out fires anywhere. They have a couple of hard throwers in Archimedes Kimonero and Neftali Feliz. So then potentially the sixth guy in that bullpen would be Juan Nicasio, who could, you know, whether it's pick up a, a short start in the fourth or fifth inning, or he could come in and throw the seventh, or on a day Melanson's down, maybe he throws the eighth or ninth. Um, that to me, made the most sense heading into camp, but then you see what he's been able to do over, you know, multiple innings as a starter, uh, and it gets a little more interesting. So I still think, like I said, it's more likely that he winds up in the bullpen um, just kind of as a swing man, a guy who can do anything. And, you know, maybe he winds up picking up, you know, Jeff Locke after a short start or Liriano if he can't get out of the sixth or seventh inning or something, you know, somebody who can make up for, you know, like you said, like the Royals had success in shortening games. Maybe Nicasio can help the Pirates shorten games, you know, whether it's the fifth or sixth inning or any point after that. And as the saying goes, it is a good problem to have. A guy that's pitching so well, he's throwing things into chaos a little bit as to where he fits best, the rotation or the bullpen, and we'll see uh, what lies ahead for Juan Nicasio. Uh, Adam shifting gears here, David Freeze. Got his first action in a Pirates uni just recently. Uh, your early impressions of the veteran third baseman thus far? Yeah, it was kind of a quick transition from signing, getting acclimated, you know, getting back on his feet and back in the you know spring training mode to being on the field as a DH, and then all of a sudden he's uh, playing third base a couple of days ago, and he's looked fine. He's a veteran. He's a pro. He knows how to go about this, how to get his body ready, and the Pirates are kind of working with him to uh, ease him into the process, but understanding that he does need to be ready by opening day. So, uh, you know, he got his first action at third base a couple days ago, looked good, made a sharp diving play on a pretty hard-hit ground ball by Russell Martin. Uh, he's going to be fine. He's not hitting all that well so far, but it's spring training. The results don't matter a whole lot. And, uh, you know, he his first game as DH was the first time that he'd seen live pitching since last season, and he had to go up against Tanaka and Luis Severino. So, it's a pretty good, a pretty tough test. So managing to do anything is, you know, a good sign for him. Yeah, it seems like he's well on his way. And like you said, to face those two guys uh, when you're first coming back, uh, that's that's really not fair. But I'm sure he'll be fine. The track record he has will kind of bear that out. Now, of course, uh, he's expected to be the everyday third baseman until uh, Jung Ogong is back in the mix. Then we'll see what happens from there. As for Gong, uh, he was back in action recently against the Yankees Triple uh, A team. I uh, want to get an update, too, on Garrett Cole. But let's start with Gong. Uh, from what you saw of him, what did you uh, see that you liked, and what was his level of activity in that game, and how do the Pirates feel he's progressing? Yeah, he's doing some work on the Pirates City complex backfields, playing in minor league games. Obviously, he's not ready to play in a, in a great league game yet. Uh, just taking at-bats, not running the bases. He's starting to do some 
base running drills, which is obviously a different beast entirely from taking off out of the box, pressing off of the bag and all that kind of stuff. But all still positive steps in the right direction. It's his first time facing live pitching also since last year. So, you know, he's looked a little rough. Then again, he's also facing, uh, you know, the other day he faced Vogelsong, uh, Melanson, and Tony Watson. And those guys can make a lot of people look bad. Um, so he's he's been fine so far. There's Pirates are still saying mid to late April, which seems realistic because you know, by the time he gets back in real games and starts, you know, ramping up his workload, you're probably still looking at, uh, you know, another three, four weeks from where we are right now. And Adam, a quick update on Garrett Cole. As we discussed last week, he will not be the opening day starter, but it seems like he's projected to still return within opening week, correct? Yeah, everything seems to be going well so far. He pitched in that minor league game a couple uh, a couple days ago. He's scheduled to pitch in another minor league game at Pirate City on Wednesday. Um, so you can tell the Pirates are kind of keeping him in a in a more closely monitored environment, you know, where they can make sure that they get his workload in, where they can make sure they get him, uh, you know, two innings and three innings. So he, you know, so he makes that steady progress toward that first week of the season. And Adam, just to wrap up here, I'm a big stat nerd as most baseball fans are, and I'm sure reporters are too. You had a great one in a recent article about Andrew McCutcheon. Last year, he had the second most at-bats of any player in baseball with the bases empty and two outs. The only player Mm -hmm. that had more was Paul Goldschmidt of the Diamondbacks. Now, obviously, that's not a stat that you want your best hitter to have in Andrew McCutcheon. So you have an article coming out pretty soon as we speak here on a Tuesday about how the Pirates want to better optimize their lineup, and that could include putting McCutcheon in the two-hole where he has a very limited experience Uh, during his career. He's traditionally been a three- or four-hitter right in the middle of that lineup. Talk about the potential and the possibility that McCutcheon could be the two-hole hitter this year and some other tweaks to that lineup that the Pirates might make to, again, better optimize their production. Yeah, it's just looking for another edge basically anywhere if they can find it. It's something they've done in the past with you know things like defensive shifts or pitching inside. This is just another way that they can maybe eke out another win or two. You know, if McCutcheon gets those 20 or 30 more plate appearances that he will get just from the bump up from third to second. That's a good thing. If he comes to the plate, uh, you know, whether, you know, with better run scoring opportunities, that's a good thing. And if these guys who typically batted in front of him, guys like Gregory Polanco, Josh Harrison, speed guys are freed up to run more now that they're not batting in front of them. Now that they're not worried about making it out on the bases while their best hitter is at the plate, that can only make things better. And, you know, Clint Hurdle said that, Maybe he won't drive in as many runs still, but maybe he's going to score more runs than he ever has, batting second. It's not something the Pirates are necessarily fully uh, 100% going to do at this point, but they're definitely taking a good long look at it in spring training, and I would not be surprised at all if it carried over um, just for all the reasons that I've mentioned. And, you know, they put the research in in the offseason. Neil Huntington said that was an area where they were looking to, like I said, improve just a little bit, just gain a slight edge. And if they can – you know, if they were two wins better last year, they might win the NL Central. Maybe they're out of the wild card game. I'm not saying that moving Andrew McCutcheon up one spot in the batting order gets them those two wins, but maybe it's an area where they can improve just a little bit more. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of money ball tactics uh, going on here, if you will, where the Pirates are uh, looking for any edge. And you brought up a great point where you know moving McCutcheon up doesn't necessarily equate to two more wins, but if something does. 
Again, you move out of that dreaded wild card game, which has not been kind to the Pirates the last two years especially, and uh, we'll see if that makes a difference here in 2016. Adam, fantastic stuff as always. Uh, always enjoy it. We'll do it again next week for sure. Adam Barry joining us here today. Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.